side Put your hands up, it's my bed Throw the nanobots Throw the nanobots Throw them in the crowd Everybody wants to rock to And a piece of string around Signs in his eyes, there must be hundreds that look at you as if you're some kind of rhythm section water. Baby, check this out. I've got something to say. Man, it's so loud in here. Welcome to this might be a podcast. I'm your host, Craig Simpson. Uh, before we talk about Anna Ng, we got a little mailbag segment. First, uh, actually, a correction. Thanks to Matt Curtis, friend and member of the Misc T, Miscellaneous T Facebook group. Matt Curtis, he corrected me. Uh, I had said, I believe I said, uh, I've recorded these so long ago. Uh, I said that Flood and Apollo 18, uh, that they had two. Uh, Electra albums, but it turns out they had four. Uh, I don't know why I didn't realize or didn't remember. They actually released quite a th- quite a few things on Electra. If you count the EPs, the Birdhouse in Your Soul EP, the Story So Far, Flood, of course, the Istanbul EP, Don't Let's Start EP. That I was like, what? Why did they release a Don't Let's Start EP in 1990? I'm going to have to look into that. The Anna Ng EP. Statue Got Me High EP, then Apollo 18. I Palindrome I EP, The Guitar EP. What is the Sunshine EP? The O Tannenbaum Christmas single. Back to Skull EP. Then John Henry, uh, which I had also forgotten was on Electra. Then the Live in New York City in 94. Then Factory Showroom. And then the SEXXY EP. That's a ton of crap. I thought it was like two things. I knew they had the EPs, but I thought the EPs which I don't own physical copies of. How dare I? I'm not a good fan, huh? Uh, I didn't realize they put out those EPs on Electra as well. I thought those were maybe independent releases, but I guess that's not how major label stuff in the 90s worked. They probably signed to a thing and had to put out so many so many records. Uh, yeah, they signed to Electra. So yeah, and then in 95 in Japan... This is, I'm looking off the wiki and learning from the wiki always. Electra asked the band to play a small coffeehouse gig in Japan, to which the band responded that they didn't want to do the show and would prefer some downtime. When the band reached the train station in Japan, an Electra rep was waiting for them to take them to the coffeehouse show. The Johns refused to play the unscheduled show, the straw that broke the camel's back, which led them to parting ways with Electra. So that was 95. They continued to release stuff like Factory Showroom into 96. They'd probably already been recorded and paid for by Electra at the time of that Japanese uh, situation. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, okay, so thanks, Matt, for letting me know how foolish I was, and I guess my memory isn't great. Sometimes with the old stuff, I'm just like, oh, I assume I remember this correctly, but I don't. Okay, so next up, voicemail segment. Let's hear from a Canadian listener and his name is micah galicia and he's from where is that ontario london ontario so here's micah 
Hello, it's Micah from Up the Street in London, Ontario. I just finished off your episode on Istanbul. Thanks for that. I'm working my way backwards through the first two still, but uh, enjoying the podcast so far. I think maybe a mark of six is a little harsh, but with Kurt on the horns, it's a definite nine. I had the pleasure of watching them in Toronto, and he just killed it. It was amazing. Anyway, looking forward to when you actually get a chance to talk about It's Not My Birthday. It's a personal fave. Uh, Hopefully you can squeeze that one in sometime. Okay, cheers. So thanks for leaving us that message, Micah. Uh, and now let's hear from Mr. Spencer Parks, who some of you were just uh, properly introduced to on his State Songs Tracks 1 through 3 exclusive, Patreon exclusive, that just came out uh, on Monday. So I hope you all go give that a listen. $5 a month on the Patreon will get you that exclusive episode and also get you these weekly episodes early, the Anning episode minus this mailbag segment. The main portion of the Ant-Ing episode came out last Friday for Patreon subscribers. $2 to get your episodes early. So, anywho, here's Spencer. Yeah, too, it's Spencer again. Uh, just listen to your uh, Istanbul podcast and then uh, listen to the song a couple more times. Uh, obviously, this is one of the classics. Um, I do remember the, uh, the Tiny Toons animation from when I was a kid. That was pretty awesome. Um, if I had realized uh, at the time, well, let me backtrack. I didn't realize that the the, uh, the animation was a spoof on the movie Top Copy, which I have never seen before. But um, I have actually been to the Top Copy Palace in Istanbul. I was there for work, and I had some free time, and I just kind of wandered around, and I ended up there, and uh, it was pretty cool. I don't remember a ton of it, but there was some cool, like old. Um, artifacts and things that they have in glass windows that you can't take photos of. But, uh, but that was pretty cool. Um, the music, the lyrics, um, it's a fun song. I was trying to point out, uh, or trying to focus on that part that you mentioned where it's like the, um, blowing across a pop bottle and then turning that into a chord. I could not hear that. Um, but I did, I did notice that it, uh, that is a melodica. Now that you point that out, it does sound like that. But I think you said it was, the melodica was actually sampled, which, hey, they might be giants. They do fun things. Um, yeah, I don't have a ton of interesting things to say about this one, but, uh, thank you for the new episode. Looking forward to next week. See ya. So thanks, Spencer. And we've got another voicemail from Joe, uh, Joe Fish. He had some comments on both the, Alienations for the Rich episode and the Istanbul episode. So here's Joe. Hey, Joe here. Just catching up on the podcast, and I wanted to talk a little bit about episode four, um, where you and Matt talk about the uh, comparing They Might Be Giants to Weird Al. Um, I kind of see that, but I also feel like Weird Al is a little more niche than uh, They Might Be Giants. A uh, band that came to mind, a mind when you mentioned uh, similar bands. I would say Ween, a favorite band of mine, um, is more like They Might Be Giants than Weird Al is. I feel like they have a lot in common where uh, they like to do a lot of weird instrumentation stuff. Um, they do a lot of weird stuff with the vocals. Um, originally, they both started out as just the two of them, uh, their duo. Um, and this song really reminded me a lot of their album, 12 Golden Country Greats, uh, which is just, uh, pokes fun at the different types of subgenres within the country music, 
and uh, country and western uh, scene. I think that uh, that Ween and They Might Be Giants, um, especially with a lot of the tongue-in-cheek lyrics, are very uh, similar. And I think that uh, I think Ween is a good comparison. Um, not nearly the volume of songs that They Might Be Giants has, but um, they also have about uh, I'd say probably eight to ten years um, on them. I would also like to say that I really appreciated the Istanbul episode. Um, I really enjoyed hearing the reimaginations um, at the end of the episode. I think that that makes the song a little more palatable. It, it does. I feel like it gets a little annoying after you've heard it so many times, which would explain why some of their more popular songs are rated lower on the, the website. Anyway, thanks again for this awesome podcast, and can't wait to hear the next one. Thanks for the call, Joe. And uh, Micah and Joe will both be on episodes later. Uh, Joe's going to be on the episode about Dirt Bike, and Micah is going to be on the episode about the song he requested, It's Not My Birthday. So stay tuned for those. A couple other quick things. The Miscellaneous T Facebook group, again, shout-outs. Uh, we had a, when I posted about this Istanbul episode, uh, Mike Duell, I believe is how you pronounce his name, Mike Duell. Thank you. He's a Patreon subscriber. Uh, pledges on there. So thank you so much for that. Uh, he said, I love this episode, <laughs> which was awesome. Uh, and, and that's about all I need. That really helps me keep going. He says, I wish I could do more to help you keep making more episodes. Thank you. Uh, Dana said, the sweaty balls part cracks me up. <laughs> and I'm glad some people are getting a kick out of those little clips I put in. I just can't help being reminded of stuff. And it's a They Might Be Giants podcast, but if I'm reminded of something silly, it's going in there. And she said, your parents are awesome. And I said, <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, then Maciek Taubert from Warsaw, Poland. We've already recorded an episode about I've Got a Match, and that'll be coming out in maybe a month. Uh, he posted a little gif on accident, apparently. <laughs> and he's like, it's surprisingly related. He, he posted a little gif with a notebook piece of paper that said, it's so cool how we can talk to each other about real stuff. And yeah, talking about they might be giants. That's, that's the important stuff in life. <laughs> I'm only half kidding. Uh, and he said, uh, your parents are cool. And I can confirm that Kurt, Kurt Ram, Juggles the trumpet and trombone like crazy. And then he said, we talked about Kurt. Uh, we, I sent him a little comment back. You commented just in time. I just saw that this morning, 10 minutes before I'm recording this. Practice trumpet every day, they said. Never go to work, they said. <laughs> uh, so, okay, that'll do it for the mailbag segment. Thanks again for the voicemails and the comments and the tweets and everything else. Follow us on Twitter at This Might Be a Pod. Email us, this might be a pod at Gmail, and then Facebook.com slash this might be a podcast. To get that sweet, sweet Patreon stuff, uh, we're gonna be making merch pretty soon too. I've got Abby Bash from Birmingham, England is designing us a cool uh version of my flood ripoff logo, a painted version of that. She sent me some mock-ups. I'm pretty excited about that. We're gonna make buttons and stickers. Those will come with even just a $2 Patreon pledge. So that's patreon.com slash this might be a podcast. Thanks again, and let's get to the proper 
Anna Ng episode. Yay! Make a hole with a gun perpendicular to the name of this town in a desktop globe. Exit. Sit. Lay down. Lay down. Lay down. Yeah, we'll probably get Fry meowing on it too because she's like, he's trapped in this room basically. He's looking at a crack in the door because Leela's there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the fucking animal kingdom over here. Now there's a baby human in it. Okay. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast. On this episode, I'm talking with my old friend Patrick Mooney about the They Might Be Giants hit, Anna Ng. I would say if there was a me for you, all alone at the 64 World's Fair, 80 dolls yelling small girl after all, who was at the DuPont Pavilion, why was the bench still warm, who had been there? Or the time when the storm tangled up the wire To the horn on the pole at the bus depot. Patrick, hey, thanks for being on the show. How you doing, buddy? Hey. Yeah. Hey, Greg, I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very good. Sure, 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 sweet. Okay, so the thing I always talk about uh, guests first, at least on the first episode they're on, is how they got into They Might Be Giants. So... You were into the MAP Giants before I was, which is probably, I think you're the first one on the podcast yep. for that to actually be the case. <laughs> um, how did you find out about the band? Um, I'm the benefactor of having cool older siblings. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was my brother Brian who had Flood. Yeah. And I would listen to Flood all the time. So Flood was the first one I heard. And how much older than you is he? Um, seven? No. You're the baby. Seven, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think it's seven. <laughs> so, so you probably actually heard Flood when it was new. Then, when you were probably, like yeah. nine or something. Well, no. Eighty-one. When did it come out? Nineteen ninety. Yeah, so probably not when it was new. Because, yeah, I was not listening to music when I was nine. <laughs> not even Weird Al? That's what I was listening to when I was nine. <laughs> um, so at 10, it was at fourth grade. So it was probably junior high. It was probably a few years after it came out sure. when I started sneaking into my older siblings' rooms and looking at what stuff they had and <laughs> taking their CDs and seeing what it was. <laughs> Man, I'm so glad we grew up in the like early public internet era i mean the internet was around for a long time for like the military and shit but like the dial-up <laughs> era and the physical media era like phone book era <laughs> yeah right i know I calling for pizza era <laughs> i <laughs> uh i uh always talk about the first blue bottle tour how none of us had cell phones and we had walkie talkies between the two vans <laughs> and an atlas <laughs> right or uh, I think we had MapQuest directions, maybe, because that was like, right. ooh, we've, we've uh, printed out our exact directions. Yeah, you had to print it up first. But then if you get <laughs> off of that exact route, you're screwed. <laughs> no idea where you're going. Yeah, look at the atlas again. Anyway, I have a very specific memory. And, I mean, there's very few bands where I have a specific memory of very first hearing them. I mean, there's a few. And it's more from, like, those formative years and stuff um, where being over at your house – 
Yep. In your bedroom, I don't know if we were like drawing on the ceiling or if it was if this was before that, before <laughs> your parents let you draw over the walls. Um, and I f- want to say it was sophomore year of high school, maybe junior year. And I remember what you played for me first was Apollo eighteen. I'm yeah. not sure if it was on cassette or CD. It was CD. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It's weird that because like. For some reason, that memory is burned in my brain too. Really? So I don't. Yeah, like I don't know why that is. Since like it wasn't. I don't know. Maybe it was your your fervor for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do remember how like pumped you are, and what I find interesting. So yeah. What was my reaction when you first played it? Was I like immediately like whoa, or did it like take a few songs? What? I think it was a slow burn, yeah. and then I think there was a few, and then you were like, "Whoa, this is this is like intense." What they're doing? <laughs> this is different. Yeah, this is different, um, which is why I think you liked it. But uh, so Apollo eighteen was, you know, I bought that on my own, and usually I was very late in the. Mu- I was very late for everything, like. I matured very late. So <laughs> like my musical taste and my food taste and my taste and everything just were just like all over the place at that time. Wow. For, so, so for some reason I liked they might be giants cause my older brothers liked them. And so it was cool to me because they liked them. But usually when I got it, like same with Depeche mode, I liked violator, you know, mm-hmm. but when I, on my own bought, one of their follow-up albums, I wasn't developed enough to like understand it (laughs) because it was so much different. So it was kind of funny that uh, I loved Apollo 18 when I bought it. For some reason, it's still, you know, I understood it for some reason. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And because usually I would just get confused. Like this isn't like exactly like flood. So I don't like it, you know, with the follow-ups. Yeah. None of, Um, none of their albums are there. I mean, they've been a constantly evolving band and even within albums, like there's so many different styles and genres covered where even going from song to song, you might be like, well, this doesn't sound like the last song (laughs) or this doesn't sound like any song of the previous album. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I, it's a tough call, but I might still say that my favorite album is Apollo 18, and it's probably because it was right. the first one I heard, which right. happens exactly you know a lot. Um, but I feel like because we had, I mean, I had already gotten into punk before that. Like before. that's what I was going to say next. <laughs> I wasn't into punk yet. <laughs> okay, yeah. So like, because yeah, like I you, I was late into that. Yeah, like mm-hmm. when when Dookie came out, in, I believe we we're in seventh great when that came out maybe sixth um i was still listening to leonard skinner and like eric clapton well (laughs) i remember hearing longview which is the craziest song to make a radio single out of hearing longview in shop class at thomas middle school (laughs) and i was just like what is this i don't know if i thought it was so cool because every other word was bleeped out or just like the baseline was so wacky i was like man this is crazy so i got into green day and then like stuff the q101 was playing like goldfinger like here in your bedroom right and then like rancid a couple years later like rancid time bomb was hitting the radio and stuff like that and then another like big musical evolution moment for me was um because you were not in band with the rest of us nerds the band trip to Europe after freshman year of high school, 
I was interested in Rancid and Green Day and Offspring and all that. And my mom let me go to Blockbuster Music. <laughs> <laughs> kids, kids don't even know what Blockbuster video not, is. Not well. video, <laughs> just music. <laughs> Coconut Records. <It's, laughs> that, that's where I remember seeing the big Nirvana Nevermind poster and being like at like age nine or ten. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe they hung up a thing with a baby's dick. <laughs> or was the, or was that like photoshopped out in the promo materials? I don't remember. But anyway, uh, so so we went to Blockbuster Music because they would let you preview CDs. They would like pop them open and you could listen to them because I wanted to get into some more punk stuff, mostly stuff that I had just seen in like liner notes, you know, because that's how you were like, you're like, oh well, well, Green Day thanks. You know, NoFX or something. So then I'm mean, like, I need a NoFX album. But my mom wanted to, um, like, just give a little preview. My mom was pretty open-minded about stuff, but she wanted to make sure right. I wasn't totally, like, horrible, going to corrupt my young brain. And so, yeah, so like at 14, yeah, I would have been 14. And we previewed Punk and Drublick. We previewed, I actually bought that Goldfinger album. Um, and a Bad Religion album. And yeah, and my mom let me get all the ones that I wanted, but that's another memory that's like burned into my head, like because a lot of those bands are still very important to me. And yeah. and then like so then like a year later, hearing Apollo eighteen, I was probably like, well, I don't think this is punk, but it's uh, <laughs> right. it's not like anything else, so I like it because it's not like what's on you know what the cool kids are listening to. It's not right. like what's on the radio. Yeah, so that yeah, that that's crazy that like you remember that so well too. I think because I, I was gonna say I remember it was I feel and this could just be you know revisionist history of my brain filling in gaps, but I remember there was like when I infiltrated your group of friends <laughs> <laughs> and I started hanging out with the skater kids and the punk kids. There was this overlap where like I still didn't understand punk music. And I would, you know, we'd all be in your van or Steve's van or Dave's van. We all, everyone had a van and you'd be playing all those songs, like, you know, no effects or whatever you guys would be playing. Yeah, and I would, I would hate it. And I would ask really? you guys to play other stuff. Yeah. Like I distinctly remember that. So did I remember. We just ignore you always, or did we oblige? Yeah, you would ignore me. Ah, shut up. <laughs> um, and then, so I think I remember it as something like, you know, because you would play something for me. I'd be like, no, I don't like it. I can't get into it. I don't know what it is. Um, and then I would play stuff. You know, you wouldn't like my music. <laughs> so maybe it was the fact that, like, finally you like something that I listen okay, to. Okay, okay. Yeah, because by, um, by the end of high school, we were listening to a lot of pretty similar yeah. stuff. I don't know if you ever got as you know, much into, the, like, skate punk fat record stuff as we did. But, um, nah, but then, I remember, like, Lynch. the Chicago, the thing. The, when the Chicago, like, the Midwest punk stuff started blowing up with Alkaline Trio and all that, then there started to be a lot more overlap. Um, yeah, we all liked Alkaline Trio. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, was that your cat over there or mine? <laughs> I think my cat was meowing too, yeah. <laughs> Sweet, we might have cats on both ends of this <laughs> recording. Oh, good stuff. I can just bring, bring him in if you want. <laughs> just be... <laughs> Hold on to the, to the microphone. <laughs> yeah, let's get Violet on here too. Does she make any weird noises? No, she doesn't make any noises. It would have to be video. Oh, really? No barks. Are greyhounds naturally like more kind of quiet dogs? Uh, yeah, they don't bark a lot, but you'll get a group of them that they're rooers. Like they'll Ooh. do the like howling. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> you'll find videos of that, but they're not big barkers. Huh. And we actually were just talking about how we haven't heard her bark in a long time. Wow. I wish, God, Leela, when she gets <laughs> yeah. out in the yard, oh, my God, we're like that that house. We're like, goddamn dog barking again. It's 10 at night. Like, yeah. Yeah. We're very lucky. So so we've been talking about Apollo 18. Let's, let's get to the song at hand because it's been 12 minutes, but who cares? <laughs> who cares? Um, now Cara's calling me. I'll send her a text. Um Oh, yeah. So Anna Ng is off. So Apollo 18 is her fourth album. Uh, Anna Ng is off their second right. album, Lincoln. And maybe I'll right. edit this out because I've talked about it on so many podcasts. Technically, Flood Songs were the first thing that I heard because I saw the Tiny Toons cartoons right. of Particle Man. <laughs> maybe you didn't know it at the time. Yes. Because um, it didn't, I don't think it had like, they might be giants like across the bottom or anything. So I don't think I realized who that was yet. So you heard Flood first, and did your brother also have Lincoln and self-titled debut and stuff? No, I mean they just said that you know it was it was cool at the time on the radio. Yeah, yeah. So they never, yeah, got into it as deeply. So you ended up Flood. So you ended up being a bigger They Might Be Giants fan than they. Did. Yeah, I mean I didn't even get into their like you know I went Flood Apollo eighteen and I think John Henry. And then I bought mm-hmm. like the double disc of their original. Yep. So that's, I mean, I heard Anna Ng and Lincoln or what? I don't even, I'm not even that great of a historian on them, to be honest. Because <laughs> like I went out of order. Yeah. So you have and the so, um, then collection. Right. Uh, I which I do collection. as well. And I mean, they're, they're <laughs> a band I like so much that I do actually own some stuff on multiple formats. Like, because since I had that double disc collection, I'm like, oh, but I actually want the individual albums with that album art. So yeah. I got Lincoln and the self-titled one on vinyl later. But yeah, that uh, then collection is great because it has all those weird B-sides and stuff too, which, you know, in the CD era, you usually listen to everything. All You just listen to it all the way through. So right. the weird songs that um, if it had come out today, people would just be like, skip, or they wouldn't download it. You know, they just download the ones they want. Um, but the the really weird songs are what make, especially early, they might be giants so interesting. So Anna Ng, I wouldn't call. Um, it's not the weirdest song on Lincoln, that's for sure. But um, it's weird because it's they might be giants. So um, <laughs> and being the very first song on Lincoln, so it would have been the very first song on the the second disc of that collection. Oh, that's a great intro. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So. Uh, is there anything you remember about the you know hearing it for the first time? I mean, is is that something you you'd remember? Or, uh, I what stuck out? Well, I think that's what's great about they might be giants is as weird as the song is, and when you look at the lyrics, and even if like I was looking at Wikipedia, cause it, I I stopped digging about bands a long time ago. It just got too hard. <laughs> so like. Now, now in my old age, I just enjoy the music. I don't read the liner notes. I don't, I don't memorize the lyrics anymore. And so like, I was like, Hey, you know, I don't even know what that is. That song really about what I think about. And it's all, I mean, (laughs) it's, it's, (laughs) it's just art. Like it's musical art. And what's amazing is that no matter how weird it is, like anything on the radio or that has a pop following, it's still an amazing melody and it's an amazing tune like the harmony of the not the 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 chorus 
and Aang and Arya are getting hold of him. Uh, you know, yeah. I can't even say it. Like, I don't know how he sings that live, <laughs> like, consistently. Aang and I are getting hold It's got a, a pretty crazy rhythm to it. Right. Like, it's weird, but it's so accessible. Like, that's what's amazing about them, is that they're weird, they're arty, they're, like, to me, they're, like, the original hipsters. <laughs> like, from Brooklyn. Like, they do so much, like, performance art and... You know their their dial a song stuff. It's also conceptual, but at the same time, very accessible. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like you don't know how weird of a song you're listening to because it's so melodic. Right, right. Especially with their singles, radio friendly. Yeah, I mean, I've I've done a couple episodes about uh, songs off that the first album, and there, I mean, there are songs where you'd hear like "Rabid Child" and be like, "Okay, this is fucking weird." Uh, but like once they got to to Lincoln, they really started honing their craft uh, into making the song sound poppy, but still be really interesting in the instrumentation and the lyrics and 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 stuff like that. Um, they they went from less of like an art art school band to right. like a just very smart pop alternative rock band. Uh, they're just very hard to categorize. Um, which is why it's interesting. Like Flansburg on guitar employs, you know, a fair amount of distortion and stuff, but they're not like yeah. very. That's not part of what makes their music. Um, I mean, I guess they're not known as being like an aggressive band, but this song kind of comes in in a way that's that you know Loud. rocks quote unquote Sudden. like most mm-hmm. people would define rock music. Distorted guitars, yeah. Uh, and, but even in that, it's a very kind of syncopated melody. Like it's not just like like it's off beat on the beat, off the beat on the beat. It catches your attention. Yeah, immediately. And it starts off in a uh, minor key, which I'm not going to say they never do, but typically they stick in major keys, especially uh, when John Linnell is the one that is the primary songwriter or singer. Um, but it keeps a kind of darker um, tone throughout the verses. But then when it gets to the choruses, it gets all major and heavy. And while it's this huge, it's definitely a happy. It's a happy song for me. It's like a fun, happy song. Yeah. Even though I mean, yeah. <laughs> I even enjoy their songs that are about depressing topics. Um, but that's just me. I don't know. They're like I've been calling them like a darkly comedic man. Like. You know, if they were a movie, they'd be defined as a dark comedy because right. you're you might get a chuckle out of things, but it's not like oh, like slapstick goofiness, like Blink One Eighty Two or something. It's just like whoa, this is fucking dark, and then you get a little laugh out of it because <laughs> <laughs> you don't realize how dark it is because it's so catchy. Um, but what's crazy is like, so we can talk about the lyrics, but I mean, for one thing, it's called Anna Ing, which like most people would look at the title of the song and be like, how do you say that? Like, what is, right. uh, these are words. What is that? Um, and so when you, um, and the entire Asian population of the world, would be like, <laughs> that's right. A very popular last name. Actually, that we right. all know how to pronounce. Did, uh, so when you were, when you were looking into the song, did you see any, uh, the stuff about uh, John Linnell saying how, um, he got the idea for the song? Yeah, yeah. So I just saw that on Wikipedia, which is so just, tell us. Well, sure. <laughs> he just looks through the he just looks through the phone book. Yeah, and, and saw how many listings there were, and he'd never heard of the name, but a huge part of Manhattan had 
that listing as a last name. Yeah, I think and so. He like- freaking, and so this is the best part, though. <laughs> so, I mean, what year is this? This is 88, this 1988. So did he probably didn't have internet? No, he said it. I find so. Somewhere. He just he just called yeah. the numbers <laughs> to find out how the name is pronounced. Called a few of them. <laughs> like, how do you say your last name? Uh, yeah, how art school is that? It said, and it's like shows the process. Like that's what's amazing. It's yeah. kind of the thing with the dial a song. Like there's an artistic process there. Where right. do you know why? Like, do you know the story about why they started dial a song in the first place? No, because mm-hmm. John Linnell broke his wrist, so they couldn't they couldn't play live. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't play live for like, you know, a couple months or something. And they were just like, like, we got to keep at it. We got to keep at it. How are people going to be able to hear our music? You know, we're not on the radio yet. The internet, you know, isn't available <laughs> to the public at large. So uh, we'll, we're going to record songs to our answering machine and, and put ads out for the number so people can call it. It's genius. That's amazing. Genius. That's so funny. <clears throat> and that's still happening, right? Like they still have it. Yeah, they've released a song every week in 2018. And it's coming out on an album uh, that's being released in a couple weeks. I've already pre-ordered it, of course. (laughs) It's called My Murdered Remains. Because the, the album that's that came out, a, that's bordering on a disorder. <laughs> <laughs> in, last January, they put out an album I like fun, and so twelve of the songs this year were like they just put out music videos that week for like that song. But minus those twelve weeks, every other week it was a new song, and you can that's still crazy. you can still call the number. I think they have a toll free number now. You don't have to actually call Brooklyn. They used to say just call from work. <laughs> It's a long distance number, but just call from work. I think they have an eight hundred <laughs> number now, um, and it's not a tape anymore. It's like you know, you right. know, just hearing like a digital recording of it. Uh, and then they have a website specifically for dial a song as well. But it's nuts, and the songs are still good. And you know, in the past, the, those would act almost like demos, you know, right. and then they they'd flesh them out for albums. And some of them just got lost in the mix. I found like an hour and fifteen minute. YouTube thing of uh, some old collection that dial a song stuff from like, I think even before the first album. And there's stuff like I Palindrome I that we're going to talk about on uh, our next episode was already like uh, kind of in the works in a way like six years before it ever made it to an album. So there's like constantly coming out with these songs. It's crazy. I don't think Anna Ng was. I couldn't find any demos for it. I don't know if you found anything. No. Um, Not in my extensive research yeah. yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah um, so let's see. What else about the lyrics? So, so you're saying, you know, up until, you know, starting to look into it yesterday, uh, <laughs> what were your initial thoughts on the lyrics, like, from, from up till now? Well, I mean, it always struck me as a melancholy i mean although it's like a because ha- i mean it's a happy tone to the song other than the lyrics it's melancholy it's um nostalgic i mean just the anna Ang and i are getting old and we still haven't walked in the glow of each other's majestic presence yeah <laughs> it's pretty depressing yeah <laughs> which is a pretty verbose way of saying we've never met <laughs> in, right. in real life yeah. um they're the ones you would think I would say if there was a me for you. 
Listen, Anna, hear my words. They're the ones you would think I would say if there was a me for you. Like, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, were they like English majors? Or what? Do you know what they studied? Did they just study music? Did they? Um, oh, well, they, I mean, they met in high school working on the school newspaper. So they were interested in writing. Um, they were both writing for the paper at their high school. Um, college. But anyway, I mean, it, yeah, I just, I just always liked it because I'm super emo and <laughs> it was melancholy. And then the line, a lot of their lyrics are pretty emo. Yeah. The line, the, the spoken word line, I don't want the world. I just want your half. Just like, Oh God, that's like, that, that's, <laughs> that should so be good. your next tattoo, man. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a very tattooable line. I'd say. And like so many different phases in life. I don't want the world. <laughs> I just want your half. Like it's very vindictive. It's spoken that, right by a woman. <laughs> like I don't know. You always wonder, and, and then just looking at the Wikipedia, like is there an actual story in the song? I don't necessarily think there is. I think you probably had inspiration. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, from all over, and then put a whole bunch of stuff together. Yeah, the, the typical, like, <laughs> they might be giants. The, the Johns will n- never explain what a song is about unless they're right. going to lie to you and say it's about something. <laughs> and then at another live show, introduce it saying it's about something else, <laughs> which right. is what I've discovered. Um, they, they, like oh, to, cool. they like to screw with people. So even the songwriters themselves, you know, if you asked John Linnell what Anna Ng is about, or if he knew someone named Anna Ng, he didn't but he might say that he did if you asked him (laughs) you know (laughs) might make up a little story on the fly about oh yeah anna was a good friend of mine uh that would be fun i mean it's i like the i mean they're clearly two very very smart people (laughs) yeah and so i like the fact too just looking at you know all alone at the 64 world's fair and i actually Googled okay, because then they talk about who was at the Dupont Pavilion. Uh-huh. Like that's actually where the World's Fair was held right. in yeah. 1964. And so, like, you know, I don't know. You know, they. I guess that would have been from their youth. Maybe they remember that. But I think they, you know, they put a lot of thought in making sure that and, things make sense and their history. No matter how right and their history buffs, bizarre. which is proven through a lot of other songs. There you go. Um, and the what's that line? Let me find that line. Eighty dolls, eighty dolls yelling, "Small girl, after all." Uh, so, "Small girl, after all." Um, people think is a reference to "Small World, After All," which it's a small world after all. Was a thing like that Disney thing was um, uh, one of the exhibits or whatever you call it at that World's Fair. So, like he's talking about all this stuff. Um, about the world's fair and he knows about it. Um, but then we'll talk about the music video. They filmed, um, the don't let start music video was filmed at the old grounds from the world's fair. So I mm. guess then when they did this one, they're like, well, I guess we can't do another music video at the actual world's fair. And that would probably be too literal for them anyway. <laughs> right. Like, well, we're talking about the world's fair. Let's film it at the world's fair. It's one of my favorite. That was, I wanted to make sure we talked about that too. It's one of my favorite music videos. That's oh, the other. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Well, let's talk about it. <laughs> uh, so, 
is I mean, I don't remember it frame by frame, but I mean, you have black and white, you have, you know, just absurdity, you have cool walking, just, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're like, like quote-unquote dance moves from all right. the music videos where they're just like making jerky motions and wearing weird hats. It's just like such a cool thing to see when you're younger, you know. It, again, it's just one of those so different well, at the time. 1988, like you're going to be seeing like a Guns N' Roses music video. These guys with like long hair and sunglasses <laughs> on, their hair's blowing as they play a guitar solo. Like this is not that kind of music video. Uh, so it was filmed at um, a New York Fire Department training academy on Randall's Island, New York, uh, in New York City. So yeah, you see all these buildings with like numbers on them and, you know, it's probably like they were doing some exercise in like, you know, rescue or, you know, they're lighting controlled fires and stuff like that. It's like, it's <laughs> such a cool place to, to film a music video. Yeah, there's so many cool things about uh, this song. Like that, I don't want the world, I just want your half was actually recorded uh, over the other end of a telephone. You know, like these days <laughs> it'd be like, hey, can you just put that telephone effect on there? You know, this is, <laughs> yeah. this is actually like uh, Lisa Clapp. Make it real. Yeah, Lisa Clapp was a friend of the Johns. And from what I can tell, she hasn't done anything else on any of their other songs or something. She was just a friend, and she, you know, she called them, and they recorded her saying that. Uh, so it's just cool. They did a lot of weird things, especially back in the day when you didn't have things just drag and drop that effect onto there. You know, they, they had to think of weird ways to do that kind of stuff. So I just looked up the director of that music video. Uh-huh. He directed the pilot for 30 Rock. What? We're actually and Strangers, Strangers with Candy and Scrubs and the current Fargo. He directed oh, multiple episodes of Breaking Bad. So he's still going strong. That's great. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Adam Bernstein. Hmm. Or Bernstein. Bernstein Bears. <laughs> <laughs> That was very, they might be giants if you were <laughs> rando comment. <laughs> I just think it's weird how they took out the Jewish nature from the Berenstain Bears, which I believe is how they how it was originally spelled, and they turned mm. it into Berenstain Bears, like a stain on your pants. Oh, wait, they did? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. That's weird. <laughs> right? All right. Another, <laughs> another podcast. Sounds too Jewish. Uh, bizarre. <laughs> anyway. There's there's so many good lyrics in this song, and the the very first line, make a hole with a gun perpendicular, and he specifically, Linnell, which this is something he said that I do, I do believe, there's an old Pogo comic strip where uh, it says, some of the characters are digging a hole. They've decided they're going to dig to China, but one of the but one of the smarter characters pulls this huge revolver out of a drawer and shoots a hole in the desktop globe. And then they look at the other side, and the hole is in the Indian Ocean. So the, he just figures that an easier way to get to Anna, to meet Anna, <laughs> is to <laughs> shoot through the earth. <laughs> I'd like to see. No, they reference that. Is that real? Yeah, uh, on the... Or is it just made up? <laughs> no, on the... Um, it, there's a JPEG of the actual cartoon he's talking about on the... Oh, cool. <clears throat> the Pogo... So the comic strips from 1953. Yeah. What in, what interesting and fascinating doings is you rascals up to? Albert gonna go to China. He's been studying up the language. 
This is very weirdly written. Uh, and so it's farewell. I has gone over and see Owl to buy me a ticket. And then it goes on and the other guy that's a turtle with like a captain's hat on takes a revolver and just shoots through the globe. (laughs) (laughs) I like how he, in the description, is that his quote? Oh yeah. So it's Linnell's quote where he like describes one of the characters as a smarter character. Yeah. The turtle guy. So he's smart and he, (laughs) it's smarter to shoot a hole in the globe. (laughs) It's quicker than digging. This is fun. Yeah. It's quicker than digging. Uh, man. Yeah, there's a lot of cool little tidbits about this song. It's like, so yeah, this tmbw.net uh, is where all of us nerds, you know, go to obsess about the MFG Giants songs. I don't know if you came across that site or not. I did not. Uh, I don't have my nerd my nerd setting on. <laughs> I've I've got a nerd block on my Chrome. <laughs> I got <a> nerd block. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just, I actually was going to say one of the lyrics you were reading on the, on Google when you the lyric is actually noted to be was there a discrepancy? Um, Eighty dolls singing "Small World" after all. Yeah, you know, I'd... and that's it's says courtesy of Warner Chapel Music Inc. Should I go up and get my first pressing vinyl edition of this and pull out the, the sleeve? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe I should. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, there's like little tidbits about this, and it says like sometimes he'll say live, he'll say small world, and sometimes he'll say small girl, mm. um, and sometimes so uh, live New York City, an album they put out. Uh, it says he doesn't even say the I don't want the world. He just goes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and sometimes it says sometimes he sings during the bridge, he sings, it's a small girl after all (laughs) and (laughs) other weird things. He says, sometimes he chants oversized load repeatedly before the song starts. And then in the bridge replaces, I don't want the world. I just want your half by saying oversized load over and over again. (laughs) Like why? But that's the kind of thing that just makes me laugh because it's just absurd. Uh, and I don't understand it, but they they just, they really mean it. Like, even if it's like the weirdest <laughs> thing, like they don't go halfway. They're like, we mean this, this really weird thing that doesn't make sense to anyone, but our weird little brains in this New York apartment. Like we're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> just hammer it home. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Water spirals the wrong way out the sink. I bet that Linnell knew that that was not true, but it, it's a was widely believed that that water right. goes counterclockwise in the northern hemisphere and clockwise in the southern hemisphere, which is not true. But isn't there like some truth? Like there's a it would, but they. I don't you're thinking know. of that Simpsons episode where they have a machine yeah. that pumps it the <laughs> other direction at the U.S. Yeah. Embassy. <laughs> <laughs> Knock! Simpsons, I'd like you to meet our ambassador, the Honorable Averill Ward. Hello. Now, everything is all set for Bart's apology. Mr. Conover will meet you at the Parliament House at 3 p.m. Any questions? Yeah. Do the toilets go backwards in here? No. To combat homesickness, we've installed a device that makes them swirl the correct American way. Sweet land of liberty. 
Yeah, no, I don't know. It's it's called the Coriolis effect, but I'm not going to go click on that Wikipedia link there. <laughs> uh, it's not what people have tuned in for. They want they might be Giants content. Yeah, right. So <laughs> I, I bet that Linnell knew that that was not the case, even in 19, 1988. But the narrator of the song thinks that that is the case, <laughs> right? I just read the. Uh, Everything sticks like a broken record. Everything sticks until it goes away. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, we don't know anything. So nihilistic. <laughs> <laughs> so I know. So great. I mean, right in, in Don't Let's Start, which is like one of their first singles ever off the first album, like he outright says, everybody dies frustrated and sad, and that is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they want what they're not. And I wish they would stop. <laughs> so many good lyrics. Um, man. Uh, let's see. What else in here is worth digging into? So it, it, as a as a whole, do you think um, the, the man, the narrator of this, does Anna Ng actually exist? Like, is he aware of some woman that's actually... There, I mean, I'm not saying like a real Anna Ng, but to this guy uh, in in the story, is Anna Ng real? And it's like some sort of correspondence, like letters, you know, they're mailing letters back and forth. They're aware of each other. They've talked on the phone. Um, or is it like he's just so delusional that he's like imagining this perfect woman um, and just giving her a random, you know, common name for a Vietnamese person? Uh, 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 do you have any no. take on that? <laughs> have you thought about that at all? Um, I tend not to overanalyze music because it ruins it. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> so so no I tend to just, no, I have an opinion. If I was to look at this right now, as we're talking about it, no, I have never like, you know, I tend to like, I tend to let it flow over me sure. and kind of sit in it. And I don't overthink think it. But if I'm going to analyze it, per your request for this podcast <laughs> at this time. On the fly. Um, <laughs> on the fly. I think it's a vague ref. Like, I mean, because I do, I write, you know, I went to art school. I write. <laughs> My son's I, I write gotta poems. go to I've, art school. I've written, <laughs> I've written lyrics. I think he had, I think what he's doing is he has a vague idea and he's, I mean, coming at it and you know, the absurdist Mm -hmm. point of view way that they do it. But I see an older man reminiscing about a woman he bumped into at the world's fair that he never connected with that he wished he did. But he says they've never walked in each other's majestic presence. So they've never met in person is what I, what I would think. See, I don't, I, I don't take that. I don't necessarily take that li- literally. Like a majestic presence uh-huh. could be metaphorical. Doing it, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> you have any sound effects you can put in there? <laughs> but no, just like because it, it's not a majestic presence if you. Like maybe he walked by her, or maybe he had okay. like a quick interaction. Yeah, they didn't. And yeah, it, it's not a full. 
glowing, majestic presence. It's like a Craigslist misconnection. <laughs> right. It's like a mis- it's a it's a super super arty roundabout <laughs> misconnection. Yeah. <sighs> like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, Maybe it's, he was being a creep and why does he know her name? Right. <laughs> Maybe he was like peeking over his shoulder. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, it's what's so fun about doing this podcast too, is because there's some songs where, like you said, I've just like enjoyed them and never thought too hard about it. But then like you start looking at the lyrics and it's fun to kind of just like expound upon some weird idea and just kind of like, you know, well, let me try to think a little bit deeper about this and, you know, maybe, you know, the Johns aren't ever going to reveal their sources very much. Maybe inspirations, but not like, well, it's about this. And then the guy does this and then that, uh, you know, you're never going to know for sure, but it's kind of fun to just bullshit about it for a little bit. See, the reason I think I thought it was like a misconnection is the, part where he says who was at the DuPont Pavilion, why was the bench still warm, who had been there. Okay, yeah. Or maybe it is, like, maybe he made up the name Anna Ng for the person. Maybe he, like, didn't know her, never met her, just saw her. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah. assigned to her a name for his creepy old man fantasies. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And maybe they were creepy old men that then heard the song, and then they, they're like, oh, that's like me. I... <laughs> I haven't basked in, you know, my, uh, <laughs> the girl I'm stalking. I've never actually basked in her majestic <laughs> Oh, man. Um, so, did you ever get the album, uh, their, what I believe is their first live album, Severe Tire Damage? No. Mm-mm. Okay, so, I don't know if you came across this at all, if you were looking for any um, videos and stuff, but I want you to listen to at least a little bit of the live version of Anna Ng um, that they do. Because I really like uh, songs that came out in the duo era, hearing how the live band does them and like a, 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 a human drummer. I don't know why they're the best. Anyway, so you've never heard this song with the live drummer. It's got a different pace. It's slower. It's less like I don't know. A little I don't bit. Like it. You don't you don't like it? <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to remember. No, that's how I am. Like there are bands um who change the songs when they play it live all the time. Uh-huh. I just I fell in love with a song. I want to hear it that way. <laughs> so you don't go to any shows anymore. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> no, I mean, most, most bands don't do that. They play like they'll switch it up. Like Afghan wigs does renditions of their old stuff and change it up. But uh-huh. 
Yeah. Usually it's like a big enough change and it's, I don't know. That just seems different to me. Um, Bands that have been around for as long as, I mean, the Afghan wigs have, I mean, I guess there was a time when they were not, I mean, they've, they're a right. band that's been around long enough where it's like, okay, we've played this song. Yeah. They a have thousand to change times, it. <laughs> right. And that's, drive themselves crazy. I mean, that's the might be giants too. They've, yeah. they've been a band since 1982 and this song has been going since 88. So this severe tire damage came out in 98. So the song was already 10 years old. Um, and they had a live drummer and all this. Uh, what's cool about the I don't want the world, I just want your half is um, Flansburg holding his guitar up and screaming it into <laughs> the pickups on his guitar. His pickups on a guitar are like right. tiny microphones, basically. So he's yelling into his guitar, uh, <laughs> which is fun. They just have fun with their stuff. You know, they, cool. they don't let stuff get stale because. You know, I don't think they want to be like the Rolling Stones playing Satisfaction like the exact same way for 50 <laughs> years. Um, but that's what their fans want. <laughs> I don't know. Rolling I, Stones. You know, oh, the Rolling Stones fans. Sure, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm just being difficult. <laughs> As is it's your fine. want. As is your want. So um, I want to... But let, yeah, it's interesting that it's clearly a slower pace. Yeah, I mean, if I were... I mean, it is a slightly, but for me, it's really noticeable. Okay, so let's uh, let's talk about a couple covers I found. I'm going to send you another oh, no. link. There was a They Might Be Giants tribute album called Hello Radio, which is the name of one of their old uh, songs. And the band Self, do you remember the band Self? Because I'm sure we subjected you to at least a couple of their songs at some point. Well, I don't no. know, maybe. I don't think we were aware of them until... When we were recording Blue Bottle, Bet It All in Red, the guys there introduced us to self. So this is more like the uh, mid-2000s. But um, they released an album. The first album theirs I heard was called Gizmodry, and it was recorded entirely on toy instruments. And they have a great cover of What a Fool Believes done on, like, toy keyboards and drums. It's like, and it's just really amazing. I'd recommend that. So I just sent you the link to... Self's version. This is played on actual grown-up instruments. Uh, their <laughs> cover of Anna Ing. Uh, give that a quick spin. Make a hole with a gun perpendicular to the name of this town and a desktop globe. It's a wound in a foreign nation showing the home of a wound. This was written for my Looks upside down from there Water spirals the wrong way out the sink And her voice is a backwards Sixty. 
I think that shows how much their music can translate to straight up pop. Yeah. Yeah. Like super poppy. Um, I don't know it sounded like Queen for a little bit for some reason. <laughs> we'll start out with that piano. Like it starts yeah. out more chill, right? <clears throat> yes. Uh, yeah. Self, you you might like the band Self if uh, you're just looking for a good like power pop band. Um, good stuff. Uh, did, did you like it with your first impression or, or were you kind of like, uh, nah. yeah, eh. that's how I am. Okay. I'm old now. I listen to five bands <laughs> <laughs> and three of them are Depeche Mode. <laughs> three of them um, are Depeche Mode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, get a load of this one. <laughs> Star fucking hipsters. I don't like the sound of that at all. <laughs> I had heard of this band, but I did not know that. Well, just go ahead and listen to it. I won't say anything. Oh, God. So it's a ska punk version. I did not know that they were. <laughs> Is that a current band? Uh, let's see. This. Like, are there new waves of fifteen-year-olds getting into new versions of Less Than Jake? Scott, Scott <laughs> is starting to come back, man. Third wave Scott. Well, everyone looks like it's nineteen ninety-four. So I know He's dressing yeah. that way. If, yeah. If anything's <laughs> going to make you feel old, it's when I saw a sixth grader wearing one of those. Um, I guess we call them ponchos, right? You remember in middle school, yeah, everyone they, was wearing uh-huh. those like woven. I saw someone getting off the blue line yeah. with one. I saw yeah. the sixth grader with one today, and I probably sounded so old. I'm like, people were wearing those when I was in sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> so, start fucking. We're slowly dying. Wait, wait. Let me let me reference Greg. Huh? Everything sticks like a broken record. Everything sticks until it goes away. And the truth <laughs> is, we don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think of the Scott Punk version of uh, Inning? I think it's, you know, if I was 17, I probably would have been like, yeah, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually really well done. It's produced really well. And yeah, yeah. I mean, um, like, I oh, like there's, the there's a woman singing melodically. And this guy's like, it's kind of like almost like a Suicide Machines kind of uh, style. Um, but what gets me about it is that they mispronounce her name throughout the song. They say full ing. They said Anna Inge. Oh, like instead of ing, instead of g ing, they say inge. And I'm like, have you not listened to the original? I mean, (laughs) he's clearly not saying Anna Inge and I are. The way they they really they really go at it and and that (laughs) really bugged me. Maybe it's a speech impediment. <laughs> or maybe they were just trying to make a point about like, oh, this is, you know, most most Americans wouldn't know how to pronounce this name, so we're going to mispronounce it. No, I don't think so. I think they just mispronounced it. They also do not look like a band who would be playing ska. Oh, wait, let me see then. Let's see. They look like, well, I guess everything is 
everything now. So it's, it's like an amalgam of like. Did you say all of everything the... is everything? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, their, their clothing is like a amalgam of every single scene trend from like <laughs> 1995 <laughs> to 2003. What is she wearing? <laughs> <laughs> what isn't she wearing? And when people are here, people listening to this can look it up and follow along. Google image search. Their name is the Star Fucking Hipsters, so clearly they're punker than everybody. <laughs> right. I mean, they put a swear word in their band name. <laughs> this uh, woman that, than that the woman that fronts this band appears to have gotten more and more outrageous over the years, rather than like us who have toned down our obnoxious high school looks. <laughs> uh, I'm seeing ones where she has pre, you know, shoulder length hair. And then these other ones where she's got like all these different colors and piercings. So it looks like she has a tattoo. That's a stripe on her chin. So it not to go, <laughs> not to go off on a tangent, but feel free. Eight, eight different past members. And one of them is named peanut. <laughs> But not not the full word peanut as the food, like oh. P period nut. It's like something a rapper peanut. would use. <laughs> GG? Kill C? Kill C? Yeah. Oh, wait, I'm looking at it. Stizza? Kisten? <laughs> Sorry, okay. They might be shy. Peanut. <laughs> drums for them for two years. Yep, peanut. Stizza. So again, but I Wasn't think Stizza the fact, and Clan. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> I think that's be I mean, you sent me a cover from a straight up pop band and then a cover from just a ska punk band. I mean, usually bands don't cover a song unless they like it. Right. And it speaks to their global appeal. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm sure there's a ton of other covers. I mean, we don't need this episode to go super long, but let me just uh, let me just take a quick look here because Doctor Worm really spiraled into some amazing and weird covers. Okay, so we got a ukulele cover. Pretty much any song you find a ukulele cover to. Uh, should we listen to a chip tune cover? Are you familiar with chip tune? I am not. Chip tune. Basically, like the name sounds, like a microchip. It's basically where people, I mean, people who do it for real will take the guts out of like a Game Boy or a Nintendo and use those circuits to make music with it, uh, which when done well can be very entertaining. Now, I've never listened to this before either, but I'm, I just sent you a link and I'm going to check this out myself. Um, Chiptune can be super fun. It's, it's, yeah, it just always sounds fun. That's just kind of how it is. spend our time doing (laughs) (laughs) oh i'll tell you if you search the itunes podcast directory and just look at 
there's just so many podcasts. I'm just hoping hoping to tap into like the more niche, the better is what I've discovered. <laughs> uh, and I'm already getting pretty good engagement on Twitter. I don't have a ton of followers yet, but the people that have followed me are really wanting to talk about they might be giants. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> you know, getting that engagement in there. All right. I don't know. Do we want to hear a uke cover? Uh, no. No. <laughs> Here's another 8-bit cover. Um, bunch of... Uh, a base cover of the Star Fucking Hipsters version. <laughs> uh, oh, those Scott Bates. They might be Giants up. Inception. <laughs> it's, it's funny you say that because I'm looking at one that says... It just says Anna Ing cover, and it has the cover of the album upside down inception style (laughs) i think with okay oh pitch shifted auto-tuned vocals (laughs) wait a second (laughs) let me see if this is worth even sending to you (laughs) okay i'm sending this to you and her voice is a backward record It's like a whirlpool and it never ends And I get still haven't walked in the slow of each other's majestic presence This isn't I hear my words For the ones you would think I would say But the question is why? Like why? <laughs> like why? I'd like to know why People have a like, lot of time fun. on their hands Unlike us, we are so busy <laughs> That we have time to record hours. But what, like, why does that give, I don't, why? What's the pleasure? Well, it's like someone (laughs) finding out that they can do that. They're like, I've got the software that I can auto-tune vocals. Uh, What's the song I like? And then they just mess with it. I don't know. People are weird. That's what YouTube's for. Kate, I like how there's one comment from five years ago on that say? video. It says, I agree that the vocals could have been less bad, but wow, everything else is pretty great. Would you mind messaging me if you made a plan on making a version with vocals more like the original? <laughs> so <laughs> just listen to the original. Like. <laughs> YouTube is weird. And if you go like with the Dr. Worm one, we found one of like these high school kids who clearly had to have been band nerds because they were trumpet players and all this stuff. This made this little like home video version of it playing it and they're just so lovably dorky and it's from 2008 and like to us it's like oh it's not that long ago but like youtube 10 yeah. years ago 10 years ago yeah <laughs> i think it was a less evil place but it was weirder <laughs> it was weirder okay so here's something that's worth talking about that i probably should edit to make it earlier in the episode like i actually knew that it existed but here's a dial a song version of anna ing from way back and I have never heard this before either. So uh, let's listen to that. This is actually back to the band that wrote the song. Make a hole with a pistol with point blank range. Through the name of the sound and a desktop slope. Execute in a
pretty cool. Yeah. It sounds like it. It sounds like it was recorded on one of the like the original um, wax vinyl recorders, <laughs> like they on actual wax. I mean, this was recorded um, to their answering machine. I mean, it's from the original. <laughs> it's funny. It's awesome. not. I mean, it's just the same melody lyric. Like he sings there's, it the same way. It's there's just some different lyrics. Did you notice oh, the differences? A, no. Yeah, he says, "Make a hole, make a hole with a pistol, mm. perpendicular." Um, and then there were a couple other little things in there, um, but I mean, you can see like the the basic, you know, like the melodies there, that rhythm in that the tinny drum machine ka, 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 yeah. ka, ka. so like the the basic the seeds were there for an amazing song uh you know a few years later i'm i'm having trouble even on the nerdy they might be giants wiki it has question marks next to the year of this like dial a song collection like mm-hmm. they don't even know <laughs> nobody knows hasn't anyone asked the johns like oh it was from last week no it wasn't you're lying to me aren't you so I think um, unless there's anything else you've found, we could probably – oh, a drum cover. <laughs> I love these – the big – yeah, the big thing on YouTube videos is uh, drum cover, and it's a guy drumming along with the original. That's not a cover. That's just you learning the drum part. Right. <laughs> That's not a cover. Like for you, to, you have to do your own version you don't just play the drum part. That's not a cover. <laughs> okay. Right. That's not the definition of the word cover. Leela, shut up. Okay. Should we uh, should we wrap up Anna Ng here? It's been over an hour. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm done. It's a song that deserves an episode over an hour. I yeah. Say, you know. Uh, I'm just going to say all the same stuff for iPal and Jeremiah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot more to talk about there lyrically uh, that's different than Anna Ng. <laughs> Um, so on this, uh, podcast, I force my guests to score the songs. Now you can think about it however you want, whether you're thinking about it in relation just to other, they might be giant songs, how you would score it out of 10 or in relation to my favorite songs from anybody for all time. How would I rank this? It's all, it's completely up to you because it's completely, you know, your opinion, but out of 10 and you can do pitchfork scoring and do decimals if you like. Or fractions. Uh, I will do like. nothing like Pitchfork because Pitchfork is horrible. The only reason I do that, <laughs> it has nothing to do with Pitchfork, but I just think that the Johns would like that it's something a little more mathematical in a sense. Like uh. you can score it in fractions and then convert it to this <laughs> if you like. Uh, <laughs> just to give you a little more wiggle room between, you know, a nine and a ten, which clearly is where this song can rate it in Kelvin. <laughs> yeah, what's that? <laughs> Celsius. <laughs> So on a scale of one to ten, what would you give in a? Um, I'm not quick enough to say anything funny or smart, so I just give it a ten out of ten. All right, very nice. Um, yes, yeah, one so, of my favorite songs. I, it's amazing. Um, yeah. so I have the disadvantage of having to think about me. I'm being on every episode of the podcast, so I can't give everything a ten. Uh, the only so this is my the seventh one I've recorded. I've only given one ten, and that was to Doctor Worm. Um, Anna Ng is an amazing song. I'm gonna give it a nine point nine. Nice. 
Because to me, Dr. Worm, it's just one of my... That is like perfection. They might be giants for me. Uh, and if on the, the, the wiki, if you'd like to go on and uh, make your scores really count on the wiki, if you uh, make an account, uh, you can score the songs and then it ranks them through all the users. <laughs> can you guess what the number one song of all us nerds voting on and scoring these songs? Can you guess oh. what the number one song is? Jeez, for They Might Be Giants? Yeah. No, I don't. I can't. I I can't even remember all the song titles okay, for like the, the, the albums song. that I listen to. <laughs> the number one song is this one, Anna Ng. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I figured it had something to do with what we were talking about. Number two, Birdhouse. <laughs> number three, Doctor Worm. Number four, Don't Let's Start. Number five, She's an Angel. Uh, and Don't Let's Start. They- also. Sorry, go ahead. I'll save it for the next episode. They have over 800 songs they've released. Is that a lot? Is that a lot? Well, me and Matt uh, Monta on uh, a previous episode discovered that They Might Be Giants have released more songs than Springsteen and Dylan combined. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this lists like, even like demo versions, but if, it, if a song has been released in any capacity... Like a live version on a record or a demo version on a tape or whatever. So right. there are some duplicates, but but I think as far as like unique songs, it's still like six hundred. I mean, right. so they've released like fifty songs this year alone. <laughs> it's insane. Soon to be, yeah. So it's gonna be fifty-two, fifty-two yeah. weeks in a year. Uh huh. That should be the name of their album. Two weeks in a year. That would be too literal for the Michael Giants. It's gotta <laughs> be called "My Murdered Remains." <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, uh, Mr. Patrick Mooney, I would like you to plug some of your artistic endeavors uh, for our fine oh. listeners to go check you out. Is it patrickmooney.com? <laughs> What's your, where's your photography? Yeah, at? it's uh, with a hyphen in the middle. Patrick-mooney.com. Yeah. Gotcha. You all should go there and check out. Do you have poems there, too, or is it just A little bit. There's some. And then my blog is in there, and the blog has poems. I've been, inact- has- I've been inactive for like a year or two. And what? I'll start over and again. you released a book of poems and, and photos as well. Yeah. What was that book called? Is it, is it <laughs> available still to people to buy? No. Nobody ever bought it in the first place. So it's just out of print. It all. Yeah. It's out of print. If you go on eBay, I'm sure it's real. You can just look at it on the website. It's the same thing. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants books anymore, Greg. Married to a literature person, and she has a Kindle, but she like barely uses it. It's more for yeah. like trashy stuff, like reading, you know, the whatever uh, Game of Thrones books and stuff. So yeah, my website isn't even updated yet to show that I've moved back from California to Chicago. It still says I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is not true. <laughs> so don't so, don't go to San Francisco trying to hunt him down, everybody. Nope. <laughs> also, just don't go in general. <laughs> to San Francisco? It left that much of a sour taste in your mouth? No, I mean, yeah, you should go. You should Fine. visit, but don't yeah. live there because it's too expensive, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and watch out for the human feces. <laughs> On that note, thanks for being on uh, This Might Be a Podcast, Patrick. It was good to talk to you. Likewise. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say my own little things. You can find us on Twitter at This Might Be a Pod. Uh, I just made a Facebook. I don't even know what it is, but I'm sure you can find it um, if you care. And This Might Be a Pod at gmail.com if you want to get nerdy. 
Uh, and also, I'm sharing the number of my other podcast, Best Midwestern. We have a Google Voice number. And if, like a real radio show, if you want to call in, you can leave a voicemail. And we might play your voicemail on a future episode of This Might Be a Podcast. And the number, it's a Palatine area code. <laughs> <laughs> 224-801-2930 and leave us a message. We'll play it on a future episode uh, if uh, you're cool enough to uh, make it past uh, uh, me. Uh, so that'll do it. You are. Yes, I am, I am the gatekeeper. So, uh, yeah, with that, um, I will talk to you later, Patrick, about I Pell and Drew I. And by later, I mean right now. So here we go. (laughs) (laughs) When I was driving once, I saw this faded on a bridge. I don't want the world. I just want to work They don't need me here, and I know you're there. Where the world goes by like the humid air. And it sticks like a broken record. Everything sticks like a broken record Everything sticks until it goes away And the truth is we don't know anything And I are getting older We still have to walk in the glow of each other's majestic Listen and I hear my words You're the ones you would think I would say If there was a me for you In the glow of each other's majestic presence Listen and hear my words And the ones you would think I would say If there was a me for you In the glow of each other's majestic presence Listen and hear my words And the ones you would think I would say If there was a me for you